It's time for Dodger baseball. The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. Episode 8 of Off the Air. Nick DeLuca joined by Emmanuel Barbari and Eman. We flip to the production side this week with ESPN producer Anthony Pusick. And in these uncertain times, Nick, it's interesting to get a producing perspective because not only are the on-air personalities affected by not being in the same room in many instances as their co-host, but the producer isn't always in the same spot as their board op or their technician or anyone they need to work with and communicate with to effectively do their job. So Anthony, someone who's doing it now at the highest level at ESPN Radio in New York, and he's going to give us a little bit more of a sense of how you can do radio at a high level in the biggest market during this time. We've said a ton over the last few weeks, the required adaptation of networks like ESPN covering those games remotely. It seems more obvious when you're talking about somebody who's on air, a play-by-play person, somebody who's doing color for the game, but it has to be such a difficult task producing, trying to coordinate people in different parts of the country to produce a good broadcast. Because you're not only communicating with your board op in the radio sense about when the breaks are coming up, what element you're hitting coming out, what promo you need to hit at the top of the hour. You need to keep track of everyone as the producer. You need to coordinate guests. You need to field phone calls. You need to make sure that your hosts are on the same page, the topics are in order, and that if anything goes technically wrong, you're ultimately going to be the one spearheading the effort to get it right. So it's a very involved, it can be a stressful job, a taxing job at times, and that's only been magnified by this COVID-19 pandemic. So to talk to someone like Anthony, who is working at ESPN New York, is, is really telling into how these radio stations are able to make do and survive during these trying times. And working with the themes of adjustment and adaptation, we've seen this from a bunch of our guests, but how the experience at WFUV helped prepare them to adapt to these unforeseen circumstances in the business. And FUV has a various impact on plenty of our guests, whether it's the relationships that are built, whether it's the professional skill set it offers and you're able to go out and do hands-on but there's something about being able to prepare for a scenario you never envisioned and sometimes it's just those guiding principles you hear from people you learn from at WFUV whether that's to to not panic during a live show whether that's to to keep your cool to be a good teammate there are some guiding principles that are simple but they are easier said than done, and it's important to keep them in your mind as you move forward and you prepare for the unexpected. Should be a great conversation, but first, some more info on our Episode 8 guest, Anthony Pusick. This week on Off the Air, Anthony Pusick. A 2016 Fordham graduate, Anthony worked as a producer and beat reporter, winning the 2015 Bob Aarons Award for production of live events and WFUV's one-on-one. 
Cusick covered the Yankees and the Rangers during his time at the station, also reporting on the U.S. Open and Belmont Stakes, in addition to creating WFUV's NHL podcast, Five on Three. During his time at Fordham, Anthony served as a production student associate with the MSG Network, logging tapings and assisting with camera placement. After his graduation, Pusick landed as an associate producer on ABC News and then returned to MSG as a logger and server operator. Right now, Anthony is in his second year as a producer at ESPN Radio, heading the production of Bart and Han on ESPN 98.7 FM in New York. Here's the Off the Air podcast with Anthony Pusick. Anthony, how are you? Hope you and your family are well during this uncertain time. Nick, Emmanuel, doing great. Hope the same for you guys. Everybody's good on my end. Hope the same for you. I know that you guys aren't at Fordham, but I think it's great that you guys have been able to put things together while you guys have been working from home. Your stuff's been great. Everybody at the station's been doing a tremendous job. Thank you. It's been such an odd time having quarantine, and we were talking a little bit before the show about how that's – how has that affected your day-to-day with having to do some things remotely? You mentioned you were able to go – into the studio at ESPN? Yeah, um, for me, it hasn't been as much as everybody else. Um, So up on the ESPN studios in the city, uh, we've actually been able to, I and two of the other producers have been able to go in pretty regularly. Uh, One guy from Michael K's show, one guy from our show, Barton Hahn, and uh, one guy from DPH Canty Rothenberg in the morning. We've kind of been running things throughout the day. We're the only people there. Um, We're all checking in, making sure we're all feeling okay. And at night, uh, we'll have a couple of different producers in for Chris Carlin's show and Larry Hardesty's show. But um, throughout quarantine, I have been driving into the city and traffic has gotten more and more New York as time has gone on. But uh, for me, it's been business as usual outside of, you know, the fact that we're trying to come up with things to talk about with no sports. Anthony, for those listening to the audio version, they won't be able to see this, but we are going to post this on YouTube. You are supporting a <laughs> WFUV sports uh I'm not going to call it a button down, but a golf shirt of sorts. That's what year does that shirt. date back to? That was, I think, when my senior year. So 2016, these came out, guys. I know, I know. You guys will get something eventually. But, uh, you know, WFV, it does, uh, does spare no expense. And we did get a couple polos that maybe me and a couple guys like Matt Morrow and Taris Lejeski were able to take uh, when we would go to, the, to uh, what would have been uh, the Hall of Fame weekend. That's what we would wear. Uh, so that was one of the times that we wore it and uh, one of our parting gifts as seniors. That's awesome. I like it. Uh, because of, of COVID, we just, we've been talking about this to most of our, our guests as we've gotten people on the podcast. Because of the virus, we've got a lot of broadcasting and production that's being done remotely. We've talked to a bunch of people who have been on air and how that has affected having to work remotely from home and and not being at the stadium and trying to get a feel for events as they're happening. Do you have any experience doing things remotely and how challenging is it to do that as opposed to being in person and operating as, as normal? Well, yeah, I think something that we we learned at WFUV, right? Um, The person that's at the games, whether they be in Dayton or St. Louis or VCU or Richmond, um, they're the people that have to relay back to, uh, 
to the, to the station what's going on. And it's basically been remote broadcast for four months for everybody. Uh, it's certainly a learning process. There's different ways that you've been used to doing things and that's not the way anymore. And as you guys have adapted, uh, the rest of the sports world has adapted too. Um, doing games from home, doing production where you don't see your hosts. A lot of Zoom calls and a lot of FaceTime in between breaks to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, so that's really what that's been like. And, you know, uh, relying on, as you guys know, Potts and Coupler for a very long time, not the most reliable things. So access units are becoming bigger and ISDN units are the more reliable. And to be able to do that, I guess, is good training, not only for you guys, but even for the professionals who haven't had to do this for a very long time. Um, everybody's used to being in the spot that they're in, Yankee Stadium, uh, being at Madison Square Garden. Now we're going to be doing games in bubbles in Canada. Uh, Michael Kay and David Cohn were in one place and Paul O'Neill was at his home in Ohio this weekend for the yes game. Um, so in terms of that, I think that is what kind of everybody's been adjusting to. Um, but now it's starting to feel a little more normal than usual, which is, which is very weird. So hopefully as sports return, we start to get to a little bit more normalcy. Anthony, your current role is producer of the Barton Hahn show on 9870 ESPN. And that was a relatively new addition to the midday afternoon lineup on ESPN New York, even before the pandemic. What challenges have that presented to both Alan Hahn and Bart Scott, developing that chemistry, not being in the same room? Well, very early on, I think it was actually the last time we were in the studio together it was March 13th. Um, I think by mid-May, the guys had done more shows at their houses, not with each other, um, than at the studio. So obviously, as you guys know, chemistry is very important. Um, being able to feed off of each other uh, is very important. And that's one of the things we talked about. We started doing FaceTime so that they could see each other uh, during the show. And that leads to some hilarity because somebody doesn't mute their mic or somebody's eating something or there's a loud noise and that makes it on the air, but it makes for good live radio. Um, but I think that the, those guys are both professionals. Alan's been doing this for a long time. Uh, Bart is a professional athlete and has done a great job transitioning into radio for many, many years now. Um, they work off each other very well. They feed off each other very well. And I think chemistry has even grown more because we're relying so much more on pre-prep, getting in early and making sure everybody knows what we're talking about. We have a giant group chat with everybody. We text all day. We make sure this is what we're going to be talking about. Today, this is what we're going to be like, let's, let's go this direction first and see where that takes us. And of course, now with COVID, we are rapidly changing our stories. We were going to lead with Jamal Adams and uh, Tom Thibodeau today. Uh, we had to lead with the Miami Marlins and, uh, and the situation there, which obviously has been, is very serious. I want to transition a little bit into your career. You worked at MSG and now at ESPN, places that have a number of Fordham employees. Do you feel that that connection has helped you early on understanding that there are people who have walked a similar path that are around the building and Michael Kay producing the Michael Kay show and then Barton Hahn as well? Well, there's no question. Um, I always tell the story. I never had to worry about a job because I think the week of my graduation, I was already working at ABC audio, which is now what it's called. It was ABC news uh, radio at one point. Now it's turned to ABC audio. Um, I worked there for two years, but what had happened was uh, guys like Chris Venezia, who you guys might know, um, Eric Malo, they worked there. Bob sent that email around uh, and they brought me in. Um, I interviewed. I remember the, <laughs> this is exactly how you guys know what it's like to work at FUV. 
uh, I went to my senior prom. I went to bed at 2 a.m. and I woke up for a 5 a.m. ABC audio shift. So that is what that is what you do in this business. And that opened uh, so many doors for me. Uh, MSG as well. Uh, I interned there. I was a student associate. That's what they call it over there. And once I finished, they said that they needed loggers to handle some of the games, do some service stuff. So I still work there in some capacity. Uh, COVID has completely shut MSG down. There's not going to be much happening out of there outside of Sam and Joe and uh, Brendan and Butch doing the games uh, while the Islanders and the Rangers are in the bubble. Um, and being at ABC opened the door to the Disney universe, which opens the door to ESPN. And you, as you guys know, you keep uh, hacking away at those job boards. I saw an opening for ESPN New York, and it was my dream always to work for ESPN, for ESPN Radio. And now I've been there for two years and I've worked from, I've done everything. I've worked night shifts, I've worked weekend shifts, and now I work Monday through Friday with Barton Hahn. Um, and it's all thanks to the connections that Bob and WFUV allowed me to get. Uh, having that Fordham pedigree, knowing that this is what you're getting when you get somebody that has come from Fordham, from WFUV. We're a professional radio station. We're not a college radio station. I know everybody wants to make sure that that's the case. We may be college kids but we're just as professional as anybody else that's in the booth that's covering games because of the training that we get from who was now Bob Aarons, now Bobby C. Um, and I couldn't thank WFUV enough for everything they've given me up to this point. Anthony, before we dive deeper into your time at Fordham and FUV, that first job at ABC News Radio at the time, maybe a little bit out of the wheelhouse of what you're doing at WFUB Sports. How much of an adjustment was that? How much of a better producer did it make you? I think it was a big adjustment. Um, Ryan Kessler knew that I was, I was very interested in sports. Um, I had, did not have a news background. Um, so it, it allowed me to broaden my horizons a bit. Um, I was able to uh, be up with more current events than maybe I was when I was at Fordham. Um, of course, I worked for the Fordham Ram as well when I was uh, at Fordham. So I did talk to the news people because as, if, as you guys know, if you've written for the Ram or worked for the Ram, everything is kind of tied together with them. Um, they're a tight knit group, but I always strayed towards sports. Um, but current events were never really my thing. Uh, it allowed me to not only have my passion for sports, but realize you can take the ability as a producer and weaving in and out of stories and you can tie that to news as well. Uh, your, your skills go past just being a sports producer being uh, past being a journalist. Uh, it's how you present stories and what you think your audience wants to listen to. There were some sports tied in there and having a sports background helped me because not a lot of people at ABC Audio were passionate about sports. So they would turn to me for things in the sports realm, uh, which, allowed, which allowed me some opportunities. Um, but yeah, it was a big adjustment. And I think those two years did allow me to grow um, as a producer. Uh, and, but in the end, I did know that I always wanted to turn back to sports, but my time with ABC audio is very important. I think starting there allowed me to be a better producer at ESPN radio now. So you decide that you want to turn back to sports and ESPN comes calling. What is the process like being hired as a producer at ESPN? Well, it's a lot easier when you're in the Disney uh, organization, I can tell you that, because as you guys know, you put in those, those job interviews and those, you, you put in those, uh, those resumes, they don't always get seen, but uh, you, you go through Disney and I have to give credit to them. They do a tremendous job. Um, they love internal hires. They do look outside as well. That's how I got my first job at Disney. Um, but once you're in the system, they say that the possibilities are endless. Um, 
So it, it, it came down to an interview uh, with a recruiter in Bristol, uh, meeting my bosses now, Ryan Hurley and John Winthrop at the New York studios, um, very shortly after getting an interview, uh, getting a, an offer. And before I knew it, I was up in Bristol for a week training. Um, you had to train up in Bristol, drove up to Bristol and trained there for a week and uh, a, a week, two days at ESPN's campus. And, um, and now I'm at a, and that, that got me into ESPN New York. For those that have visited the ESPN New York, ESPN radio studios, the boards are almost uh, identical carbon copy of the one nice? at FUV. Very, very nice. So transitioning into your time at FUV, you mentioned Bob Ahrens and the impact he had on you. How important was it to not only be working on a board like that, but have Bob right by your side? I mean, having somebody like Bob Aaron's not only teach you, but just be in your life as a mentor, as a friend, as a grandfather-like figure to many of us, um, there, you can't put a price on that. Um, he was a tremendous teacher, um, tough at times, but tough for the right reasons, because he expected the best out of you. Uh, and in turn, I see myself, as I'm producing, doing things that Bob told me with my time at FUV. Uh, you, you expect a certain level of yourself. Uh, coming out of FUV, coming out of Fordham, because of not only the great pedigree before you, but what you expect from you and your fellow coworkers because of what Bob did. Um, and just everything that he taught you, there was a purpose for. It could have been a 3 a.m. edit of a Belmont interview the day before going to Belmont and having to drive home. Um, it could be uh, life in the minors the first one that takes six hours. And then you realize that once you get to the 12th one, you can get it down to 30 minutes because you know what Bob's looking for. And it's not what he's looking for. It's what's right. Um, you think you have a lot of answers being knowing sports and there's just more to it than that. It's telling the story. And I think Bob really harped on that for everybody. Uh, and being able to be a good storyteller on top of knowing the equipment uh, was very helpful. And you say, Yes, the stuff you're going to learn here, you're going to learn in the real world. Well, when you see the board, as you said, Emmanuel, when you walk into the ESPN studios, you see the same board that you did when you were in college. It makes you feel a lot more comfortable knowing, I know what to do here. I know this board inside and out because of the time I had at Fordham, the time I was at WFUV. We've had so many alums on this podcast on one-on-one -on -one talk about the influence of Bob Aarons on their respective careers you are a 2015 winner of the Bob Aaron's Award. What did winning that mean to you? It meant a lot. Um, being the second winner behind Kelly Coltis, who I also look up to because she was in my training class, but a year older than me. And uh, her as a journalist and doing what she's doing in New Jersey right now is tremendous. Um, to win an award named after Bob for excellence in sports and journalism um, Outside of the Marty Glickman, for you guys, there's really no greater award that you can win, in my opinion, at Fordham. Um, I still have it. I have it up in my room. Um, I remind myself every day that, um, that it's an honor, and it's just something to uphold because you have a name. Your name is on something that's tied to Bob Aarons. And the people, uh, Kelly and the board that they put together to pick that award and my fellow coworkers decided that um, – I deserve that. And, and it really did mean a lot. Um, I'm so happy to be a part of, uh, at, at times, choosing that award. I'm so happy that it is, it is living on. And 
more importantly, that all the people that I've seen win it are the most deserving. And it can go to five or six people every year. Um, but maintaining that legacy uh, is super important. I'm glad to have been a part of it for just a little bit in my time at Fordham. Was there a central message Bob ever passed along to you that, that resonates, that sticks with you to this day that you really think has helped uh, propel you and, and helped you in the producing field? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's not to be too hard on yourself. Um, I think all of us in this business um, have an ego about us where we want to make sure that we're doing everything right all the time. Um, but if there's one thing that we've learned in live radio, in live broadcasting, things will go wrong. Um, there will be a fire at Bucknell and you will have to fill 45 minutes. You will be on a tarmac in VCU till two o'clock in the morning because the pilots are tired and they're over their hours and you'll have an eight o'clock class in the morning. Um, Ryan Rucco had told us this when he would come back for, um, for workshops, Ryan, when it's live, it happens. And you guys know what I'm referring to. Um, and I think it's just to maintain your cool. Um, you will get frustrated and there are times to be frustrated and, you know, you'll have back and forths with whether it be Bob or a fellow producer or a host, but you know what? It happens after the show. You deal with it after the show. You talk about it after the show. Uh, what's on, nobody that hears us knows something went wrong unless we tell them. So we do our best to make sure that they know that nothing has gone wrong, everything is fine, and we, and we it may be stressful for us, but we keep going. And as long as the audience gets a good experience out of that, I think we've done our job. So really, it's just to maintain your cool, to always be professional, um, and to always make sure that the broadcast you put on is the best it could possibly be. I think that's something that not only Bob taught us, but Bobby C has instilled in you guys as well. Um, and it's something to, uh, to live by, for sure. In sticking with the theme of Bob Aarons, many people who have talked to us about him often have a story or a singular memory from your time at WFUV that sticks out above all else. Do you have one of those? I think I do. Um, I may, and, and Tara might've even told you guys this one as well. Um, on our trip up to, uh, to the hall of fame, to the hall of fame for that, for that weekend. And we had a great class. We had Pedro, we had Randy Johnson, we had Craig, but you had a good class. Um, it was a pretty cool class. Um, we always take that rented van and, uh, and Bob would drive us up and we'd all be stuck in that van with that, with all that equipment. And of course I had to sit in the back in the, in the trunk because you know, the producer never gets the glory. You guys know that. So we're sitting back there and it was me, Brendan Bowers, Matt Morrow, and Taris Lejeski, and we're trying to get set up in that green grandstand and running liars all over the place. And uh, Matt went to go get something with Bob, and he comes back running to me, and he says, the car broke down. And I said, what do you mean the car broke down? And he's like, well, it didn't so much break down as it crashed. So we have to come back, and we find that our rented van from the Bronx, which is totally no longer operational, um, needs to be picked up uh, by the whatever rental place we had and to get another van. This is the day before the broadcast. Um, and it kind of goes back to the, to the story that, that I said where you just got to keep your cool. I mean, me and Matt and, and, Tara and Brendan are sort of panicking about the whole thing, and, and Bob is staying very calm, saying, we'll find a way back. We'll be able to get here tomorrow. We'll have everything we need. And sure enough, uh, we taxied our way to the golf course. We taxied our way to, uh, to the grandstands. And in the middle of the broadcast, we had a car that would take us back home to the Bronx. So 
but it's it's always one of those things where you guys think you could think the sky is falling, but Bob will maintain a complete composure where everything will be fine. Um, and everybody has those stories that make you laugh. Uh, but uh, that was one that made us laugh, made us cry a little bit. But uh, those those memories with Bob and, and those trips are, are things you'll always cherish. And uh, those car rides from the U.S. Open, um, times in his office for three to four hours where you would just be talking about sports. You'd go in to do a demo and then you're it's 10 o'clock at night and you're like, Bob, I got to go. I got I have to do homework. I, I don't know. But we, could, we can continue this later, uh, which leads to a two-hour conversation at night. Um, those are my those are my favorite memories of Bob, and that 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 story sticks out to me because it's so memorable. But it's those four hour conversations with Bob in his office that are that are probably the most memorable for me. And I can't pick one; there were just so many. Anthony, you did both on air and producing work at FUV, hosted one on one, did updates, also was a key producer at the station. What about producing stuck out to you that led you on that path that you are today? When Bob said I was really good at it, um, <laughs> but. Uh, that, that, that really was part of it, though. Um, I always wanted to – I always thought I was going to do something along the lines of uh, with hockey, do some play-by-play, do something like that. Uh, I think Michael's got the Yankee job locked up, so I don't know if that was ever going to happen. But um, I always wanted to be on air. I always thought on air would be, would be something I enjoyed. Um, but, and again, going back to, to Bob Aarons, we had a very serious talk one day where he said, you're really good at this producing thing, and – he asked me what my goals were and I love work. I never really wanted to leave. And he said, I can't promise you that you can get a producing job in New York, but you got a better shot of doing that than if you go on air. Um, and that kind of stuck with me and, and knowing that, um, you know, saying yes to everything, the producing jobs were always the ones that popped up. Um, and Bob did promise me that I would get some on air opportunities. Uh, I called a couple of innings of a baseball game, did some color commentary for softball. I covered the Rangers, which was a great experience, covered the Yankees. Um, but really what I enjoyed the most in the end, and that just shows you Bob's knack for knowing talent and knowing, um, where your best fit, uh, was producing football games, was producing one-on-one, was being in charge and telling everybody what to do. <laughs> that was, that was where I felt at home. And, um, I thank him for that. And it has worked and, uh, how's it working out for me so far as Don LaGreca would say, uh, it, it's going pretty well. So I think I chose the right path. Was there a time during your professional career where you faced a challenge, whether it be during a broadcast or elsewhere, where you sat back and said, had I not had my experience from WFUV, I may not have been able to handle that the way that I did? Yeah, I believe so. Um, we've had multiple remotes uh, throughout the two years I've been at ESPN and even, uh, and even at ABC when you do breaking news, and especially with breaking news, you got people – uh, in Las Vegas trying to connect to you on a phone. And if that breaks down, what do you do? Um, I think probably the most recent was during this, during this quarantine. Um, we had a really big issue with, with Bart's internet. He actually had to get people to come out and, and, and fix his internet. He was just having so many problems. Access wasn't working. Um, you know, ISDN wasn't really an option for us. And uh, I just heard Bob in my head say, go to the phone. So we would have Bart and yes, would it sound weird to have your host and another host and one of them's on the phone. So he sounds like a guest. Yeah, but you know what? We stood on the air and uh, Bart was able to do the show through his cell phone. Um, you know, it seems like a simple thing, but um, you know, you try to get that access working as much as possible because you want the crisp, the most crisp broadcast you can. But uh, you know, after five, 10 minutes of trying, you got it. You got to go to the phone. 
Um, and uh, that's one of them. And we've had plenty of uh, situations like that uh, remotely. Um, you guys know that despite the fact that access units are reliable, they, they can crash at some points uh, where we don't have hosts. And it's a matter of, do you go to break? Do you try to play some music? How do you go about doing that? Uh, yes, breaks, commercials, guys. That does happen once you graduate. You do have to pay the bill somehow. But um, uh, th those, those types of moments, uh, moments where, yeah, the equipment may not be the best and you do pots and coupler and they do crash on you. You know how to fix things. And sometimes it's the tried and true method is what we call it when we're at ESPN and it's going to the phone or going to an ISDN over an access and knowing how to do that because of WFUV, because of experiences at the station makes it all the more easier to do your job. Everyone at FUV that comes to the program takes a great deal of pride in the, in the lineage and, and maintaining that legacy. If you had one piece of advice to offer to someone starting out at FUV to, to further that tradition, what would it be? Say yes to everything. Um, and I say that with uh, some hesitancy because if you say yes to everything at WFUV, you will spend a lot of nights and weekends doing things. Um, but if this is something that you truly want to do, um, you take those, you take that Brooklyn Cyclones gig in the summer. Works out easy for me. I live in Brooklyn, but you take that Staten Island Yankees or Brooklyn Cyclones gig. You, uh, you, you engineer one-on-one, uh, -on -one, even if you want to be on air, you shadow one-on-one -on -one as much as you can. Um, you take that opportunity to observe the guys when they're doing football broadcasts, whether it be at Jack Coffee or in the studio, basketball broadcasts. Um, you shadow interviews. Uh, Emmanuel, you do a great job with our new AD, with our coaches and, and, and the way they interview. Uh, observe the people around you. I learned so much from Julian Atienza, Eric Malo, Meryl Sturvin, um, Chris Venezia, Mike Watts, Alex Smith, Mac Rosenberg, who you guys have had on. Um, they taught us the way to do things because they know how to do things at WFUV. Um, we are competitive because we all want to do similar things, but we are a family and family's going to argue from time to time, but families are going to be very helpful as well. And the seniors respect the freshmen, the juniors respect the sophomores and everybody is super proud when they get recognition, um, whether they be alumni for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or they're just starting out. Um, in fact, Emmanuel, remember you as a shop student coming in with your class and me and Matt showing you guys how to do updates. Um, it's all about the drive and it's all about who wants to do this. And you're one of the first people I know that wanted to read their cast without fear of being criticized, without fear of what are they going to say? I hope somebody else goes before me. And it's that type of attitude that will get you far. I've noticed not only at WFUV, but at, in your professional life. I said yes to a lot of shifts at ABC when I worked there. A lot of 9 to 5, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m., mind you, shifts. Uh, on weekends, um, getting that extra money, um, filling in uh, for uh, on the Michael K show or filling in on DPH or Canty Rothenberg. Hey, I know you've worked five days this week. Can you work a sixth day? Can you come in and do a Saturday show? Um, I was ready to come in Saturday, uh, Sunday morning at 7 a.m. to do something about Tom Thibodeau and Jamal Adams. Um, and it never came to be, but you say yes. If you're available and you could do it, you say yes. And it works at FUV, it works at Fordham, it works at the RAM, it works at anything really that, that you wanna do. 
um, say yes to things. And if you really are passionate about this, you're going to enjoy doing it. I have not felt like I've worked in four years because this job is so much fun. And I, I didn't work at FUV either, but they did pay us. So that was pretty nice. Anthony, before we get you out of here, we'd like to ask those who come on the podcast, when you look at our program, is there something that strikes you that will help maintain or improve the standard of WFUV sports? Well, I, I've said it in hashtags to you guys, and some of you are probably like, who is this random kid that's just tweeting maintain the legacy to you guys? <laughs> and it's something that my class uh, felt really strongly about. Um, with a lot of change, not only with Fordham, but with FUV and, and, and all other things. Um, you guys have had a tremendous, we've had a tremendous run as a radio station with so many great people coming out of it. And the Mike Watts and the DJ Sixsmiths of my graduating class, what you guys are going to have with you, Nick, and with you, Emmanuel, uh, with Jackson um, and, and people and Jimmy and people, of course, that I'm going to forget and I'm going to feel terrible that I'm forgetting. Um, there's a legacy here and seeing you guys winning awards uh, and winning Murrows and being nominated for things and, and uh, you know, seeing that the, the Marty Glickman award and seeing Mike Watts congratulate uh, guys that he didn't even know. Um, and Michael Kay and Ryan Rucco and, and Spiro and Mike Yam and all these guys who have come before you. It makes me feel proud that, Everybody that is on the outside now feels like WFUV is still the place to be if you want to make it in this business. And you guys are venturing out into video, which is super important. Um, and I think it's just a testament to not only um, what Bob laid, but what Bobby C and you guys are laying down for everybody else to let everybody know this is the place to be. Boredom is still the place where you can create your career. And everybody wants to, everybody wants to come here because everybody wants this experience, not only to be in New York, not only to be in the Bronx, not only, oh my God, we get credentials to go to the Yankees and Mets games. That's really cool. But you know that that experience is going to help you if you want to do this for a living. And I have to give credit to Bobby C, to you guys, to everybody who's at WFE right now what I call maintaining that legacy. I know my class appreciates it. Classes before me appreciate it. And you guys are doing a tremendous job in showing everybody that WFUV never uh, plateaus. We only grow stronger and stronger because of the hardworking women and men that dedicate themselves to the station when they're at Fordham. Great chatting with Anthony Pusick about his career and time at WFUV and Eman, you sense a pattern in the influence of WFUV all over his young career, in particular how WFUV prepared him to deal with the pandemic and when things don't always go as planned. When you talk to people who are successful in a given career or a given path, you normally hear that phrase, always say yes, never say no, whatever iteration it may be, that steers them on that journey. That's something that Anthony took away from WFUV Sports is not saying no to any opportunity. You're not above any opportunity. You're not above doing any assignment. And the more you do, the more respect you'll gain and the more you'll teach yourself about what your given career path means. And that's led him in every walk of life and every different challenge he's faced in his young career. And as we've talked to some of the other alums that we've had on this podcast, you can just sense how much of an influence that Bob Aaron's 
had on Anthony's career and how much it meant to him to win an award with Bob's name on it. And Bob's impact was so tremendous on the program and continues to be so imperative to students and their development and their future careers that FUV would be remiss not to name an award after him. And Anthony was the second recipient of the Bob Aarons Award presented every year at On the Record. And I think one of the key things he offered during the episode was every person that has followed him, he's taken a great deal of pride in having their name associated with his in receiving the Bob Aarons Award. And that also goes to the mentoring that happens from student to the underclassmen at FUV. And finally, Anthony hit on the numerous WFUV alums that are in the business around at MSG and at ESPN and how that Fordham connection has helped him in his professional life. And you're going to hear plenty from Fordham alums who have achieved quite a lot in sports broadcasting on this podcast. And someone we talked to just a couple of episodes ago, Taris Lajeski, Anthony went to school with. And he talked about being in a training class with Tara. You look ahead. We're going to have Fordham alums that are way further back, whether it's a Michael Kay or a Mike Breen, who went to school together, but people Anthony has crossed paths with already in his professional career. So tying everything full circle is a really cool thing we get to do on this show. And Anthony gave a little sense of not only what's happened on this show, but what's to come. You can catch new episodes of Off the Air every week on WFUVsports.org or wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for this week's episode. For Emmanuel Babari, I'm Nick DeLuca. We'll talk to you next week on the Off the Air podcast.